Hey, welcome to X Church. We're so excited to kick off a new year with you. I'm just believing this is gonna be an amazing year. I'm not saying a year without problems, but I believe that as we move with intention, this year is going to be an incredible year for every person and for our church. And so, welcome. And let me tell you a little bit about what we're gonna talk about for the next few weeks. I'm excited about this topic. And it's an idea that I'm kind of borrowing. So let me just say that. A staff member sent me a link to a message from another pastor about a year ago. His name is Levi Lusco. He pastors Fresh Life in Montana, I think it is. And I love the concept of the series that he was doing at the time. In fact, the title of his series was You in Five Years. And he was talking about who are you gonna be in five years. And I love that idea. I was like, I'm gonna steal this, I'm gonna rip it off, and then I'm gonna make it better. Well, I don't know if it's better, but uh, that's how this series came about. And you might go, but, but he said five years, and I thought to myself, yeah, but I, am, I have such a short attention span, and I think most of us do as well, that I said, let's shorten that a little bit. And so we're gonna talk about me in three. That's me in three years. We're gonna talk about who we're going to become over the next three years. Now, here's what I really believe about New Year's, okay? New Year's is a great time for us to reassess our lives, to see the direction that we're headed, and to make sure that we're moving in the right direction. Now, I'm not a resolutions person. I don't know if any of you are. Hey, God bless you if you are. In fact, I'm not even like someone who writes out a bunch of goals. But I do feel like every new year, there's like a switch that goes off in me. There's like this new added motivation to kind of like, uh, I'm gonna eat better this year because I didn't finish last year so well, or uh, I'm gonna be a little more disciplined in this area. And I think the reality is, all of us probably feel this pull to wanting to change things. And we think about it every new year. I think all of us feel this draw to say, what in me needs to change? And I really feel like all of us feel that because it's so easy, isn't it, to look at our own lives and go, man, there are things in my life that I wanna change. I bet you feel that way. There are things in my life that I'm, well, I'm honest, I'm like, I, I need to do this better and this better, be better at this, be more on time, be for this. Like, there's all these things that we think about that I, maybe you're here today as we begin a new year, and there's, there's several things that you just don't like the way they're going. Maybe you don't, you don't like the direction your career is going. M maybe you don't like the direction your finances are headed. It's not looking good. Maybe you don't like the direction your health is going, or you don't like the direction of your relationship or a marriage is going. And I think all of us, what we do, is we take the beginning of the year to kind of take an inward look and say, what needs to change? Now, if you've lived any, and most of you have, what you have already discovered is that change is hard, isn't it? Right, it's hard. The reason why we all have resolutions and things we wanna do is because we recognize we need to change. But what I've discovered is change is really hard, especially when you have a short attention span, like I do. Here's why, because I want change and I want it now. You ever feel like that? I think most of us were wired that way. We live in a culture where we have all these things that we want, but we want them yesterday, right? We have all these things and we're people that want what we want, but we want it now. And change 
never happens immediately. What I've discovered is that real change takes time. And so I wanna give you a thought, that's a, a quote that I heard maybe 10 years ago from another pastor, and I don't even think it was original with him, and so I'm not really sure who came up with it. But I think that these words are so powerful, I encourage you maybe to write this down, take a picture of this quote, think about it this week, and it's this. We often overestimate what we can do in the short term, and we underestimate what we can do in the long term. Come on, how true is that? That we tend to overestimate what we can do in the short term, don't we? We think about all the things that I can, I'm gonna accomplish, I'm gonna get done this year, I'm gonna get done this month, I'm gonna reorganize my house, I'm gonna clean the basement, I'm gonna do it. Like we come up with these huge lists of things and you know, we think about what we're gonna achieve in our career and I'm gonna get to this level this fast and I'm gonna do all these things. And the reality is if you live life long enough and you understand about disruptions, you understand about setbacks, you understand about things like that, is you discover that we tend to overestimate what we can actually do in the short term. But here's what I think we also do. We underestimate what we can do in the long term. So many of us, myself included, I'm not thinking about, oh, in 20 years. I'm not thinking about, where do I wanna be in 10? In fact, I'll be honest with you, I'm not even thinking about where I wanna be in five. Most of us think so short term that we don't understand the power of what can happen over a long time if we move in the right direction and we are consistent. In fact, I think about the power of compound interest. There's a quote that I saw on Dave Ramsey, I follow him on Instagram, and he posted something this past week that was kind of eye-opening, and if you're like 40 or 50 or 60, this might be really late to hear, but if you're like 20 or 18 or 24, you, you might wanna pay attention to this because this is the power of understanding what you can accomplish in a long term. Dave Ramsey posted this. He said, if you save $100 a month from the time you're 25 until you're 65. Now listen, I get it. If you're here and you're like 22 years old, you're going, a hundred dollars a month, that's a lot of money. It, it might be, I understand, you get out of college, you get a better job, I hear, but I also know that if I were to sit down with most 22-year-olds and I were to say, let me look at your expenses, I bet you if we subtracted Starbucks and McDonald's, I could get to $25 a week real fast. Hello? Am I preaching to the choir? Yeah. Like, like $25 a week, $100 a month, if you invest that, from just the age 25, and do nothing else but keep putting $100 in there until you are 65 years old, it can be worth over $1.1 million. That's the power of what can happen over a long term. And a lot of us would go, I could never imagine retiring with a million dollars. Yeah, you could if you're 25 years old and start saving $100 a month. And say, I, I want us to get a little bit of a, a longer view than just what we often take in the new year. Because in the new year, we get all excited and we think this is the year where I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, and we do all that and that lasts about a month, maybe two, and then it fizzles out and then we just hang on and we get to the end of the year and we're like, gosh, this is bad. Some things have gotta change. And then in the new year, we do it all over again. I would rather us take a new perspective this year and say, what could I be? Who will I be in three years? Me 
in three years. Now, to kick this off, I would love to go to the Bible. So if you got your Bible with you, I would love for you to turn to Psalm chapter 90. Psalm chapter 90, and this is a really fascinating psalm for a variety of reasons, and I'm gonna tell you why after I read a portion of it. But it's the new year, so I think this is a great time for us to dive into the Bible. Can I just encourage you, I know we put the words up, but if you have an electronic device at least, maybe engage a little bit more with the Bible by putting it in front of you. If you wanna highlight things, take notes. Okay, Psalm chapter 90 starts like this. Lord, so it's a prayer. You have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, where you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight is like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. You, yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. Now, let me just, as I read on, I hope you're getting this perspective. The author is talking about time, okay? That, that's, the, that's what the psalm's about. Verse seven says, we are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. Yet you have set our iniquities before you and our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Verse 10 says, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. Don't we know that about life? Even our best years are filled with trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass away and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now let, let's pause for there. This psalm is kind of special. Out of all 150 psalms, by the way, this is the oldest and the very first psalm that was ever written. And it was written by a guy named Moses. And it's the only psalm in the entire book of Psalms that was written by Moses. If you're familiar with Psalms, most of them are written by David or some by his son or Asaph, his worship leader. But this one psalm was written by Moses, estimated time, around 3,400 years ago. It's kind of fascinating when you break it down and realize how much it applies to our lives today, how much it makes sense. If you don't know the story of Moses, and let me tell you, because most scholars believe that Moses wrote this psalm near the end of his life, toward the very end of his days in the wilderness. Now, let me give you the backstory if you're not familiar. Moses was someone who was living in a wilderness when God called him and said, I want you to go to Egypt to rescue my people from slavery, the Israelites. And God did miracles, if you know the story, and brought the Israelites out, and he led them through the wilderness with the ultimate goal being the promised land. It was this land that God had promised to Abraham and was gonna give to his descendants, okay? And as they get to the edge of the promised land, they're less than two years in, and God encourages them, this is the land I'm giving you. Moses sends a team of 12 scouts to go and kind of get a game plan. How are we gonna go take this land, right? When they come back, 
they come back so full of fear that they basically tell Moses and ultimately God, we're not going in there, we're gonna get killed, there's no way. And because they didn't trust God, because they didn't believe God when he said, I'm gonna give it to you, God said, you're not going to inherit this, but your kids will. And so they were resigned for the next 38 years to live wandering around in the desert, in the wilderness, until every adult died off. Now, most scholars believe that Moses was writing this toward the very end of that period. That we see toward the end of his life, Moses, who also, because of something he did wrong, was not ever gonna get to go into the promised land with the people of Israel. And there was a moment where Moses is overlooking it and imagine as he's seeing this land that he always dreamed about for 40 years, but he doesn't get to experience it. When you think about Psalm 90 from that perspective, you kind of start to hear, it feels like Moses has some regret. It kind of feels like Moses thinks about, man, have I wasted? Did we just waste our lives for 40 years in the wilderness because we did not trust God? and did not move in the right direction. And when I think about this psalm today, I can't help but wonder if Moses was writing this to really be a lesson for us all. That if we're not careful, we can just go through life without an intention, without a purpose, without actually moving towards something and get to a point in our lives where we, we look back with regret and we say, oh, I wasted so many years of my life. I wish I had. And that's the whole purpose of this series is to really just challenge and I say inspire us all to dream a little bit. Here's what I wanna do as we begin this series is I wanna, I wanna inspire you to dream a little bit. What could your life look like in three years? Let's not think of three weeks. I'm gonna pound it off the gym and I'm gonna do this diet. I'm gonna do this. Let's not think three weeks. Let's not think three months. Let's think three years. What could happen if you pointed in the right direction over the next three years? So I, I took a little bit of time just to brainstorm and come up with a list of some of the things that could happen in your life and in my life if we were serious. If we said, you know what, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do something constructive. Now I know that we all have jobs, we got kids, we got responsibilities, but the truth is we have more time than we realize. And if we focus our energy we could do something significant. And so I wrote down a few things. What could we do, positive things that we could do over the next three years? Here's some of them. You could take up a new hobby. Some of you, there's a hobby that you've always wanted to do. You could paint. You're like, I always wanted to paint, but you just, just time goes by and you just never go out and do it. You could take up a hobby. You could take up a sport like golf. Golf's a really hard sport. You could start into that journey where you will uh, hate life for the next 30 years of your life trying to figure out how to play golf, but it, you gotta start somewhere. You could, you could learn to play an instrument. I, I, I know that there are all of us, I think at some point in our lives, we had this idea that I wanna play an instrument. You see the band up here, and you see Brendan just shredding it on the lead guitar, and you're like, oh, I wanna do that someday. Can I encourage you? Go buy a guitar this week, a cheap one. You don't need a PRS. You don't need a Gibson. You don't need one of those, okay? Go get yourself a cheap electric guitar for $150 and just start banging out things. Listen, 
I'm telling you that if you started now, in two to three years, you could become proficient enough to play some songs. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now, you probably won't be good enough to play in the band in three years. But all the people in the band have a whole lot more in three years, but you gotta start somewhere, right? So you could start on that. Listen, you could start a business. Some of you always had an idea thought, a side hustle if you call it, because you can't quit your job yet. What if you actually quit thinking about it and actually started it? Where could that be in three years? You might find it could be successful, right? You could start a business. Here's one, you could become fluent in another language. Do you know they say that if you work at it, in two to three years, you can become fluent both reading and writing another language. How cool would that be? I think most of us at one point, we we're like, oh man, I wanna go to Italy and at some day and I wanna do this. Why not learn Italian? Start now. Rosetta Stone, do what you gotta do, but you could become fluent in another language. Listen, in three years, if you were disciplined, many of you, I think, could get out of credit card debt. I think you could. I think it's absolutely possible in three years, if you were disciplined, if you set a budget, if you need help, we'll help you do that. We have a workshop that we put on to help people do that. I think you could get out of debt in three years. That'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Be very freeing. You could maybe go to school. Maybe you've always wanted to go back to school. Maybe it's time to do that. I think in three years, even part-time, you could get an associate's degree. If you went full-time through the summer, you could get a bachelor's degree in three years. You could do a lot in three years. In three years, you could change your health. In three years, every time you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you your cholesterol, and it's in the few hundreds, and the doctor says, you need to get these a little bit lower, you could do that if you just begin to change a few things right now. Right now. Here's another one. Um, if you were to save $25 a week, and I know, again, just like we already talked, you're like, that's a lot of money, and I'm like, stop going to Money Bucks three times a week. I mean, Starbucks three times a week, and I, I, you already have it, right? If you save $25 a week, in three years, you'd have over $4,000 saved that you could go on a great vacation, you could put as a down payment on a car, you could do something with that in three years for 25 bucks a week. And that's not even including interest. There's things you, you can do. Uh, how about this? You could, I thought about this one, you could become a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I should do that. Y'all get real scared then. I grew up, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a karate champion, black belt, never took a karate lesson a day in my life. But you know, you could do that if you really wanted to. In fact, um, Mark Zuckerberg, right? You know Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook? When the pandemic hit and the lockdown, he signed up to do jujitsu, and this last summer he was awarded his blue belt. So in three years, you could become a blue belt in Brazilian jujitsu, and you'd be bad. It'd be awesome. Listen, if you committed to reading or listening to one book a month, and I know some of you don't read, and I, I always struggled to read books. I love learning, I hate reading. So I found for me listening, Audible is my friend. I listen to books and I go through them like, like every couple weeks, I'm onto a new book. But if you did one book a month, at the end of three years, you have read 36 books. Do you know how much knowledge, how much wisdom, where you could be in life with that information? 36 books. 
That's it, read one book a month. Or how about this one, spiritually, if you read one chapter a day in your Bible, in three years you will have read the entire Bible. For some of you, the thought of reading the entire Bible seems like an impossibility. If you just committed to, listen, sometimes it's three minutes, five minutes a day, reading one chapter a day, you have read the entire Bible. Now I was thinking, there's a power in understanding time. There's a power, and I was thinking not just me, but what about we? What about our church? I started thinking about some things that could happen in our community. And I added this up. If everyone who calls this church their home would invite one person a week for the next three years. Now I know, that sounds like a lot, it is, trust me. But, but if we were to commit, all of us, to go, you know what, I see people at the grocery store, I meet people in drive-through, I get people DoorDash to come to my door, I, all these, and I just, the gym, at work, and I just say, hey, if you don't have a church, I'd love to invite you to come to mine anytime you want, I'm, I'm here ready for you. Like if you were to do a simple invite, and you keep invites with you, and you did that, you know what I figured out? Our church collectively would invite more than a quarter of a million people to this church over the next three years. Do you think that would change some things? In God's kingdom and in our church? I'm saying our church would triple in three years. That'd be crazy. This next one I thought of is a little bit more of a fantasy for a pastor. So I thought about this. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus and you're like, this is my church home, if every person that's a follower of Jesus that says X church is their home committed to tithe for the next three years. That's why, I know, I said it was a fantasy. If everyone committed to give a biblical tithe of their increase, their income, for the next three years, we could pay off this building cash and give away millions of dollars to organizations around our city and around the globe in three years. It's a dream, pipe dream, but I'm gonna keep it. And, uh, or, or I thought about this, if, if we as a church all committed, if you're part of this church, and everyone said, count me in on serving for Exo Week. Count me in for Hope Day. Count me in for serving on those kind of opportunities to make a difference in our community. I believe as a church that we could serve over 20,000 hours over the next three years. Do you think that would make a difference in our community? See, I, I think a lot of times what we do is we go, what can I do? I can only serve for two hours. But we're thinking short term. And we underestimate the power of what can happen in the long term. But here's the thing I want you to understand as we dream a little bit. And I, I'm saying some of these brainstorming because I want you to dream for yourself. But here's what I also know to be true. In the same way that you could do something really great with your life in the next three years, you could also do some really negative things over the next three years. It all depends on your direction. In fact, I, I wrote down a few things negatively that could happen over the next three years. You could put on 30 pounds over the next three years. And let me tell you how simple it is. All you have to do is consume 100 calories more than you burn every day. Do you know how easy that is? One extra can of Coke a day. And you could put on 30 pounds in three years. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Some of you are like, I can do it a lot less than three, Pastor. <laughs> you, in three short years, you could develop a major addiction to alcohol, a drug, Something else. In three short years. We're, we're not talking about, I'm talking about a debilitating addiction in three short years. Some of you that have fought addiction, you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't take that long. You could rack up tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Again, 
Some of you go, I could do that in a whole lot less than three years. But it's true, isn't it? You, you, it's so easy to do. You could rack up debt instead of paying it off. Here's, the, here's a, a good little fact. If you like to smoke and you smoke one pack a day, here's the accomplishment you'll have. At the end of three years, you can smoke 21,920 cigarettes. That's impressive. I mean, I think what could 22,000 cigarettes do for your health in three years? It'd be pretty impressive. Uh, you could make one bad decision hanging out with the wrong crowd and be partway into serving a three-year sentence. This, this is what could happen over three years. You, you could, jo- you could uh, hop from job to job to job. You could have five, six, seven jobs over the next three years, always moving on because thinking the grass is greener elsewhere and thinking that you're never appreciated and how your boss doesn't really know what he or she is talking about, how they're not as smart as you are. You could have that attitude and keep going from job to job to job and never actually create roots, never actually grow in your career or your financial earning. I mean, th- this is all possible. Here's one that is so possible that, listen to me, for most of us, you don't have to change a thing. The average person spends 2.5 hours or 151 minutes every day on their phone and social media. Just social media. 2.5 hours a day. So if you don't change anything, and that's you, for the next three years, you will have dedicated 114 days of your life to watching cat videos on TikTok. A hundred, I didn't say hours. I said 114 days of your life. What could you do with an extra 114 days over the next three years? You see, I don't think we understand sometimes the power of what we do with our time because we Live in the moment we're always thinking about now. I love the idea of living in the moment, but we should never ignore the power of looking at our lives from a bigger perspective. And I think that's what Moses was trying to tell us. I wonder if Moses is looking back on his life, on some of the decisions he made, and he's saying, man, I I missed it. That's why I think Psalm 90, 12 is so powerful. Let me read that verse again. Psalm 90, verse 12 says this, and this is what he's saying to God. Teach us to do what? Can you all say that out loud? Teach us to teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, God, help me take inventory of my life and not waste it. Help me to count every moment and move in the right direction. So here's what I want to do as we kick this series off. Today is just an intro. We're gonna gonna take at least three weeks because the series is me and three, but it might be more. And we're gonna unpack how do we actually get traction in moving in a direction that we are going to like in three years. But I wanna give you today three thoughts to just get you thinking. And I wanna encourage you to write these down. I wanna wanna encourage you to process them this week. This is is your homework. You're gonna think about this, about your life because we've got other exercises we're gonna do. The first one is this. Counting your days will help your days count. Let me say it again. Counting your days will help your days count. Here's what we know, right? We all count what matters, don't we? We do. Can I tell you in the church, we count what matters? You know, like even right now, we have counted the number of kids in every single classroom. Do you know why? 
because we don't want to lose any of your precious angels. You'd be really mad. So we count them every single week. We count the number of people in the seats. You may not know that, but there are people who go around, usually during the message, they're counting every empty seat and every seat that's there. We wanna, we're always, we're saying, okay, what is God doing in our community, and do we always have room? That's why we change our experience times, so that we can make room for more people, because we care about reaching our community. So we count, we count the offering. You better bet we do. Because we have bills to pay, we got missions to fund, and we got ministry to do. We count what matters, and listen, you do too. You count what matters, don't you? I promise you, you count every single dime that hits your account every Friday or whenever payday is. What's the first thing you do when you get up? You're like, oh, payday, open up my bank app, I wanna see if it hit and how much it was. You're counting, we count. We count what matters, don't we? We count, we count uh, significant days, we count down days to vacation. We count all kinds of things, why? because we count what matters. In fact, we count our age. We count our age in years. We count our age, and when, when they're young enough, we don't count in years, we count in what? We count in months. In fact, this past week um, was kind of a, a big milestone because our grandson, Cohen, I talk about him all the time, but he had a birthday. And he turned seven, not seven years, but he turned seven months old. In fact, I brought a picture, I, I wanna stick it up. Come on, is it? Oh my God, yeah, let's clap. Let's just, let's just thank God for him and let's just celebrate Cohen's seven months. No. I know what some of you are thinking. I swear, every time at church, he puts up a picture of that baby. It's true, thank you. It's true, um, I do, because I'm in love with him. He is the greatest thing ever and every month we measure it and they, my daughter takes pictures with this and. And so I'm just gonna apologize right now, okay, because you'll probably see him grow up in this church every month. You'll probably see a new picture of him, and you can just consider him our church's grandbaby, okay? He's ex-church's grandbaby, so you get to watch him grow up because I'm enamored with him, and we're counting by months right now. But how many of you know, we get a little bit older, we start counting by years, right? You get a little bit older, you start counting by Decades, yeah, I'm kind of getting there. It's like, oh, how many decades have I been alive, right? You get even older, you start counting by quarters of centuries, right? Why, because we do, we count our age and we count pounds on the scale, we, we count money in the bank. Listen, we measure what matters, don't we? What I'm saying is that we, we measure what matters, and listen, God does too. God measures, God counts what matters. In fact, I, I love this verse in Matthew 10. Let me read it to you, you don't have to turn there. It says in verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? In other words, even back then, sparrows were so common that they weren't worth a lot. And so he says, um, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And verse 30 says, and even the very hairs of your head are all what? Isn't that crazy? It's crazy to think that God counts what he cares about. And he counts, this is funny to me, even what I would say is like the most unimportant thing about you is that he knows the number of hair follicles 
on your head. And for those of you who are follically challenged, I want you to know that God knows the amount of hair you've lost because he cares about you. Listen, Moses tells us in Psalm 90 verse 12, in fact, if you wanna begin this year off with a spiritual discipline, I'd encourage you, here's another thing you could develop over the next three years, memorizing verses. Memorize Psalm 90 verse 12, key verse for this series. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, take inventory of your life because it is slipping away faster than we know. And I think the sad reality is that most of us live with what I call a one-day mentality. You know what a one-day mentality is? It's, it's where we often say to ourselves, you know, one day, one day we're gonna, we're gonna get on top of our finances. One day I'm gonna get this diabetes in check. One day, you know, we're gonna have a really great marriage. One day we're gonna be able to go on that dream trip. One day I'm gonna be generous and I'm gonna begin to give. One day, this is what we often say, and the reality is whenever we have that one day mentality, it never comes. Can I give you a different way of thinking of one day? This is my quote. This is one that I really think there's so much truth in this idea, and that is that one day will never come until you start doing something about it on day one. One day is never coming, so you can just stop lying to yourself about one day. One day will never come until you start to do something about it on day one. Do you know what? Today could be day one. Day one for the next three years. This is who I'm gonna be in the next three years. Today could be your day one. But if we just say, well, one day, one day it's gonna happen, it never will. There has to be a starting point. There has to be a moment where you say, you know what? I'm taking inventory of my life so that my days count and I'm gonna do something from here on out. Counting our days will help our days count. And let me give you a second thought. Second thought is this, urgency without consistency will not produce real results. I need to say that again for all of us at the beginning of the year. Urgency without consistency will not produce real results. The reason why I say this is because it's a new year and every new year we get urgent. I get urgent. I mean, I, I was eating terrible, I'll be honest, the last like two months plus. Like just bad, eating whatever, getting whatever, whenever, you know. And then all of a sudden the new year comes, this is the way I work, and it's like, okay, Tim, it's time to get in line, get in shape. You're gonna stop eating this, you're gonna start eating like this, you're gonna do this, right? And, and we have this urgency, which is why when I went to the gym on January 1st, every treadmill was full. Like, where did you all come from? There was an urgency on the first day, right? This is what we all do. And then by day 24, we're like, eh, I'm too tired, I don't wanna go. Listen to me, urgency without consistency does not produce. It won't change anything. You can have all the intensity you want at the beginning of every year, but if you do not focus it into something consistent, it will not produce results. In fact, I was thinking about this rule that I heard about a long time ago that pilots all know. It's called the one degree rule. I don't you ever heard of this. One degree rule is this, that if you change your heading just 
one degree. From here to here, one degree. It doesn't feel like a lot. If you ever get a chance to sit in the front of a plane, I got to fly in some smaller planes years ago, and I got to fly it, and it was really cool, and it was really hard holding your head. But if you move at one degree, it feels like nothing happens. That's the way it feels like in life. You just one little thing that doesn't do anything. But what a pilot will tell you, what they, what they understand, is that changing your heading by one degree over 60 miles, which isn't a lot in an airplane, over 60 miles will cause you to be off course by one mile, one whole mile. So that means some of you that have a trip planned to Hawaii this year, when your plane takes off from Los Angeles to Hawaii, you better hope your pilot isn't off by one degree because if your pilot's off by one degree, you will miss the entire island by 42 miles. See, this is the, the power of consistency. The power of consistency is that real change happens over time. And I know we don't like to hear that because most of us want our change to happen today, but it doesn't. And so I, I wanna encourage you, whatever it might be that you're wanting to see turned around, it could be your health. And this is what most of us do, right? New year, new you, this is the year where I'm getting healthy, so day one, January 1st, we've got a new membership. We're going to the gym five days a week. We're hitting Zumba class in the evening. We're gonna eat low calorie, low carb for the next blah, blah, blah. We, do, we throw all of this stuff at it, and it's so much that two weeks in now, four days in, we're like, I give up. It's impossible. I know you know what I'm talking about. I've done this. Can I tell you what would be more powerful? Pick one. One thing. If you didn't change your eating habits, but you went to the gym three or four times a week and you never did before, guess what? Over three years, it would make a difference. If you change your eating habits, but never went to the gym, you will notice something over three years, I promise you. Because consistency, small things done consistently over time are way more powerful than having all the urgency, intensity in the world and the flame out, okay? And so I think it's really important that we have that mentality for the next three years. Here's the last one I'll give you. Time is your gift from God. What you do with it is your gift to him. What if we were to see it like that? That time is your gift from God. We're, we're all given a measure of time. Moses says, teach me, Lord, to number my days. The reality is I don't know how many days I get, and neither do you. In fact, Moses said something interesting in Psalm 90, verse 10. He basically said, on average, we're lucky, we get 70 years. 80, if we're really healthy or strong. I thought that's crazy that someone writing this 3,400 years ago would actually nail the average right now because the average lifespan in the US is 76. Less for men, more for women, actually. 76 years. And so you might go, well, I'm only 23 years old. So I guess, what's that? I got 53 more years? You don't know how many years you have. That's the average. See, I see the average in my family because on my dad's side, my dad's father, he only lived to be 59 years old and I never even got to meet him. But my dad on my mom's side lived to be 93. So that's how we get an average. I don't know how many years I have. And listen, you don't know how many years you have. And the, 
The thing is that we could sit here and do what we always do, which is, here's what we say to ourselves, and we don't even say it, we imagine. We think, eventually, eventually, I just imagine my life is gonna turn out the way I always hoped. You can wish that. We all, at some point, when we were young, we all had these thoughts about the way our life was gonna turn out. You know, I'm gonna go to school, or I'm gonna go to a trade, and then I'm gonna get a job, and then I'm gonna get a spouse, and then I'm gonna get kids, and then I'm gonna get a home, and then I'm gonna get, yeah, I know, I know. We all have this picture of what it's gonna look like. One day I'm gonna have grandkids as cute as Cohen, and then I'm gonna get to retire at this age, and live life, and go to golf every, can I just tell you, that whole thing, that does not happen just because you imagine it. And we can say eventually, eventually, we're gonna get our finances on track. I know, but you've been saying that for six years. Eventually, I'm gonna care about my health. Eventually, I'm gonna invest in this marriage. Eventually, I'm gonna, we can say that all day long, but that's not gonna change anything. Maybe think of that um, old adage about money because I think this eventually is how we often think about money. We often think, man, I don't have a lot of money, so I couldn't give. I don't have a lot of money, so I can't do these things. I don't have a lot of money. And we think to ourselves, if I had this much money, then I would do this, right? I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried to make a deal with God. I have. God, you help me hit this Powerball. I've done it more than once. God, you help, oh man, I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'll give more than a tithe. I, I will give and I will, I will help and I will. Can I just say something? If you weren't giving a tithe before, you wouldn't do it if you hit it. Because this old adage is true, right? More money, more problems. On top of that, people often think that like, if I have more money, then it's gonna change me. And they say, no, money just makes you more of, who you really are. I think the same is true with time. A lot of us do that with time. Well, one day I think if I have enough years and I do this, then I'm consistent, then one day I'm gonna have this. Time doesn't, more time is not gonna help you. I think time only makes you more of what you really are with wrinkles. So here's the question as we begin this series. What are you gonna do with the time that God has given to you? That's my question. Moses would say, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I wanna be wise with my time for the next three years. You know what I don't wanna do? I don't wanna waste 114 years or 114 days on social media. That doesn't feel wise. When there are moments I can have with my kids, my grandkids, my church, see my neighbors that don't know Jesus. I, I wanna be wise. And so I wanna be, I wanna start off my year thinking that way. And I, I hope maybe you join with us for this fast. Because I think one of the greatest ways that we can begin 21 days to begin this year is with a fast. And you know what we're doing? We're seeking God. We're saying, God, give me some direction. I wanna encourage you over the next couple weeks as we do this series during this fast, it's okay in your prayer, maybe you'll write this down, this journal with God, and you say, God, who do you want me to be in three years? And don't just always, I want you to think about this because we're gonna have some projects, we're gonna have something for you to do toward the end of this series. 
But I don't want you just to think about what can I accomplish and what vacation can I take? All this, hey, if you got plans and goals, things you wanna do with your family, put that down, write those down. I want you to also think about who am I going to become in the next three years? Because I'm telling you, that matters more than any achievement you could ever accomplish. Amen? Let me pray for us today. Father, I thank you for this deeply inspiring, but also I think challenging word from Psalm 90. God, I don't want my life to continue to pass away that I don't think about what you're calling me to be, who you're calling me to be. And so I pray for each and every one of us as we begin this journey together, as we think about the next three years over the next few weeks, I pray for inspiration from your spirit. I pray, God, that you would give us ideas and that you would help us find even the small things that we could do consistently, a discipline we could develop, maybe a spiritual discipline, a physical discipline, a mental one, something that we could do and implement just over the next three years that would result in us becoming the person that you want us to be in the life you called us to live. God, I think about what could happen through we in three. What could happen through our church? I pray, God, we'd see it. I pray, God, as we each step into our calling, that, God, our church community experiences the power of what we can do in three years with your help. And so, God, lead us and guide us. Show us what that is this week. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Come on, let's just thank God for his word today. Thanks so much for tuning in to this message. I hope that it encouraged you and inspired your faith. If God is doing something in your life, would you take a moment and let us know? We wanna connect with you and we wanna be able to pray for you. All you have to do is shoot us an email to hello at the x.church or you can always send us a DM on one of our social media platforms. And if you know somebody that would also be encouraged by this very message, why not take a moment and just share it with them right now? And as always, I wanna say thank you to every single person who so generously financially supports this ministry so we can continue to get messages like these out to people all over the world. We believe God is building something special and you're a significant part of it. Until next time, have a great day.